Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be The Church Podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you in how to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I am your producer, Isaiah Fetterman. And I'm Kevin Anderson, lead pastor of Aletheia Church in Gainesville, Florida. And I'm Theo Lightborn, the administrative pastor of Aletheia Church, Gainesville. Fantastic. So, Last week, you guys got to hear our intro and a little bit about us, and we are now getting to jump into our first actual topic, so I hope you guys are excited. Uh, what are we talking about this week? Anyone want to yes. go? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we, we've got a number of things that we, we want to discuss and uh, take our time through uh, in the coming weeks and months, but in light of current events and events that the entire world is currently having to deal with. Uh, we wanted to take some time to discuss the realities of uh, COVID-19 and um, how God is uh, in, involved with everything going on and, and what it means to, to be the church also amidst uh, a global pandemic that has drastically the cha- changed the way we are living our lives and, and what we're doing. Right. So that is why today's episode is titled uh, COVID-19 and the church. Just really trying to process through uh, what does it look like for us in this time. So um, before we get into some of those details, let's start out with the more uh, generalized theological question of how should we view this pandemic? Like what should be our mentality and, you know, what is God's role in all of this? So, uh, Kevin, I'm going to defer that one to you to start. Yeah, yeah. And Theo, feel free to jump in at any point if I say something that you find to be uh, borderline heretical or straight up heretical. I'm sure you never did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know, man. I mean, when you're recording live, right, I guess, I guess Josh could always go back and edit me later on down the line. I try to but... keep everything as genuine as possible. <laughs> you guys would never know. <laughs> the, the reality is, I, I think... Um, as we process through how should we view this pandemic, what should our mentality be, and, and what is God's role in all of this, that those are all huge questions that could be uh, take, take a significant amount of time to answer, probably is the, is the best way to, to put it. The reality is if we address this situation, and we look at the reality of what's going on around us, the, the real question we have to ask ourselves is, does the state of affairs that we currently find ourselves in make it appear as if God is in control or not in control? So I think like if, if we're going to go 30,000 foot view here, um, what is God sovereign and in control of all that is currently taking place in in the world around us. I believe, obviously, that the scriptures teach us that, yes, he is sovereign. He is in control, that nothing about this current situation, this current pandemic 
should uh, lead us as the church to believe that God is no longer in control. But it is philosophically difficult when you're entering a reality of something like a global pandemic where you know, statistics and figures say somewhere between one to 5% of the people that contract this virus may die from it. Uh, it's, it's hard to look at that as followers of Jesus and, and people who love God and look at that and say, oh yeah, but God's still sovereign and in control of all of this. Um, I know from a book that I read earlier this year that um, I'm going to probably plug later on in the podcast uh, but Arthur Pink's uh, The Sovereignty of God, you know, he said it was hard for Christian thinkers to think that God was able to prevent World War II. And so they didn't answer that question properly. But for, you know, really going on, you know, hundreds of years now, the church has wrestled with this idea of God's sovereignty versus the responsibility of man. But I think that the scriptures are abundantly clear in all of this. And so, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to take a step back and we, we say, okay, Ephesians 1.11 tells us that in him, that's in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And especially in the second half of that verse, right, if Paul is saying to us uh, that us having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. It means that there is nothing left untouched by the sovereignty of God and in his control. And and we could spend quite a bit of time talking through, you know, the sovereignty of God and the story of Job, the sovereignty of God and the story of Joseph, the the sovereignty of God and the story of of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the sovereignty of God in the midst of the story of Jonah, the sovereignty of God in the midst of the stories of the disciples throughout the the book of Acts and and throughout the Gospels. Um, But we have this really, really hard time, I think, as Christians, uh, wrestling through these two concepts of God being good and love, and yet also seeing things around us that seem difficult and harsh and sad and thinking that God might still be sovereign in the midst of those things. But the scripture tells us that we as, as, as finite created beings don't get to define good in those situations, meaning that, that overall what we see from scripture is that scripture is teaching us God is sovereign in the midst of this and his will is being done in the midst of even a global pandemic our job then is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And, and that, I think, admittedly, is going to be the verse that defines the church probably for the next decade or more, if it's not the verse that defines the church all the time. But in the midst of a season right. as difficult as this one, that is going to really dictate how the church communicates a clear message of God's sovereignty that we're going to trust in him and what he's doing and not lean on our own understanding of this entire situation. Because the reality is the wisdom of man does not equal the wisdom of God. Even, even if right, God and his common grace has given us many of the means by which to understand the science and the reality of the situation we're in. And Theo, I don't know if you want to add some more to that, but that is at least how I would initially answer that question. Yeah, I, I would just toss out this question to you. Why do you think it is that people struggle so much with God being sovereign 
in times like this? Like, what is it about question. that question that is so difficult for people? I think ultimately, right, Scripture tells us that God is on the throne of the universe, uh, but we see very early on in Genesis that uh, Adam and Eve abdicated uh, to Satan. And in that abdication to Satan, they also made an attempt to dethrone God from his throne. Um, and I may be over-dramatizing that a, a li- in some way, shape, or form, although I, I don't know if I necessarily am. But I think ultimately it comes down to God created all things. God is ruling and reigning over the work of his hands. We just don't always like that because we want control. I think that that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. And a situation in a pandemic such as this one really exposes that to us. Lack of control. Absolutely. But the reality is, is you and I have no less control now than we did six weeks ago. Right. There there is no, there's no more control or less control given to us. None of us are promised tomorrow. None of us are promised healthy lives. I may have cancer pouring throughout my body right now i i i'm i don't think i do but but i may i'm I'm not promised any of those things uh because i i'm not god Uh, and so i think you know ultimately the reason people really have issues with this the the reality of this is even if they're they claim to be followers of jesus or disciples of, of jesus they still wrestle with that surrender of control uh, or as yeah. proverbs 3 5 says right they they struggle with leaning on their own understanding instead of just trusting in the lord with all their heart trusting that god may be doing good even in the midst of sadness and chaos right uh one of the things one of the other resources that i'm going to recommend later on uh is a, a book by john piper that he wrote concerning all this but one of the points he makes in that book is the idea like there are multiple times throughout scripture that people that know God and love God trust in his sovereignty and yet still lament over the situation that they find themselves Absolutely. in. And that is okay. It's okay to, to lament and find a situation to be uh, difficult or heartbreaking and yet still know that it may be God's will right. for that situation to take place. And I, I think ultimately, right, you know, philosophically people want to argue over, well, can God really be good or whatever else? But but ultimately, from a philosophical perspective, if God is God, he, he defines all of that. We don't get to define all that. You may not like it. <laughs> right. right? Just like I don't like the way interest is compounded in my bank account sometimes, right? Because it doesn't <laughs> compound the way I want it to. I love that compound interest to work a little bit differently. But I don't, we don't get to define those things. Obviously, whoever's sovereign and in control gets to define what good is yeah. and I, I think that's where the the, the wrestle it comes into to play for the human race mm-hmm. is that we want to wrestle that sovereignty and that control and, and the way to define those things away from god and and he will not allow that to be done and a situation like this really brings that to the forefront and really confronts us in a lot of ways yeah absolutely i, f- I feel like there's so many opportunities in our lives where we have uh, the ability to trust in God and to rely on God. And oftentimes people like to do that when things are going well, when things are going good. And when things are going bad, you know, that's frequently a time where there's tough decisions that have to be made when it comes to how do we view God in difficulty, like you said. 
And so much of what God does whenever we go through difficulty is he teaches us to trust in him. He teaches us to rely on him and to turn back towards him. And even something as, as like overarching as this pandemic is, um, is another opportunity for us as believers just to rely on God to lead us through it, to rely on God to be our, our sustainer and our source of life and health and goodness. And it's just another opportunity, like you said before, just to see his sovereignty in the situation and to lean into him even more. Uh, but it's so difficult frequently for people to be able to see the hand of God in difficult circumstances. Well, so. and, and I think, you know, and, and this leads to the inevitable question that whenever you start talking about the sovereignty of God and suffering, right, or difficult situations, right? right? Well, if God is sovereign, is he unable to act in this particular situation or is he evil and refusing to act? And I, one, I think that's probably an unfair question, but let, I mean, let's just like look at this situation right now. You know, one, I would say, you know, God is sovereign and in control of COVID-19. There's nothing about this outbreak and global pandemic that would take God by surprise and that is not orchestrated uh, by the work of, of his Absolutely. hands. Now, now, scripture talks about ways that that can play itself out, right? God is sovereign over Job's life and yet allows Satan to orchestrate and do things, right? So we could have a situation like that unfurling, or we see situations like with God dealing with the Egyptians, where he actually brings the plagues upon the Egyptian people himself because of the obstinance of Pharaoh. And so the, the reality is, is either God is allowing it to happen or God is orchestrating it. I think the question that people often ask is like, well, this seems like so wicked or terrible or, or so sad. And, and I agree with all of those things, uh, but asking a question like, is God unable to act? I think ends up one being self-defeating because we've already said, well, yes, he, he, he is acting, he's allowing this. But uh, I think what they're asking is, is, is God unable to do good or heal the situation or fix it? And I th think the reality is, is, how do we know 100% right now God's not acting? How do, are we unable to say that he's not acting and doing good in the midst of all this? Like think of all the things that God may be doing in the midst of this that are good, right? What, we, we, we aren't on the other side of this situation yet. And so we aren't even able to begin to answer all those things. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you guys. And as a pastor, you know that that's dangerous because quick <laughs> stories with a Keep pastor sure. is almost never true. But with my son, Josiah, who has special needs and has epilepsy, I remember in the early days when he was hospitalized for those, those first couple months of his life as they were trying to figure out what exactly was going on with his brain, uh, a pastor friend of mine asked me the question, of, hey, what is God teaching you in the midst of all this? And I remember thinking to myself, like, what a dumb question to ask. Like, you know, I'm just trying to like survive each day. Like, and, and I right. told him, and you know, he was a good friend of mine. He could totally take me being able to say, I was like, man, I'm just trying to survive right now, to be honest. But on the other side of that, there were a ton of things that God did teach me that were for my good and for his glory, even in the midst of my suffering and Jackie's suffering and our son's suffering. And in many ways, our church is suffering because the church was serving my family so well in that season that there are going to be things that God does in the midst of all of this, that even though there will be tragedy 
uh, and sadness in the midst of it all does not mean that there will not be good that comes from it. And we need to look and understand that that may be the reality the same way. And it's coming to my mind right now that between Joseph and Potiphar's wife, where he's wrongly accused of trying to lay with Potiphar's wife, he ends up being put in prison and it's there, right? That God uses that situation and that suffering that he goes through to give him even more influence within the the kingdom of Egypt and ultimately save his brothers and family who had betrayed him and sold him into slavery. And so it, it's just hard to say like when you're in the midst of it, like, hey, God is using this for my good because suffering is hard. And by definition, right, we don't like that and we try to avoid it. But it doesn't mean that God isn't acting and doing a billion different things that we are unaware of. Uh, some of them in our own lives, but a lot of them in the lives of other people all over the world uh, at any given moment at any given time. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say one thing as well. Like, as one of those people that leans a little bit more towards the grace side than the truth side, like I know that in the times when you're like, okay, things are crazy. I don't have control, which I've been learning a lot of uh, over the past uh, several years. Um, there is such a beauty in turning to the truth and realizing like you can't just focus on grace, but like there is a beauty to the truth that brings a lot of freedom uh, from those fears and trepidations that can come with uh, just leaning on sometimes the emotional side or like the uh, very grace side, uh, like obviously both are very, very important, but you know, you can't just focus on the grace and uh, try to think of your own freedom as much as like God is in control and he is in, you know, he has the power. And I think for me, that's brought a lot of uh, just uh, freedom from a lot of those fears that I've had. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the reality is, is like by asking a question, you know, is God unable to act or is God still good in the midst of this, right? What we're really saying deep down is, God, I don't trust that you're good it's enough to, yeah. to do this. I don't, I don't trust that you're going to be good in this given scenario or, or situation. But the reality is, one, he is good, no matter he what. I mean, absolutely you know, good. I mean, you know, if God is real and and created uh, the universe by the work of his of his power, then you know none of us even deserve to be alive, much less questioning our creator's actions and and what he's doing. But when we ask a question like, "Hey God, why would you allow some to die from coronavirus, and why would you save others, and and why would you allow suffering for some and 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 not for others?" because God is sovereign and he does as he pleases. And we don't, we don't, we don't really always know what the answers are. I mean, Job asks those questions at the end of his suffering, God, why? And God basically just says, you're, you're not God. You don't get to ask that question. And I, I mean, admittedly, and I, and I think it's fair for us to sit there. Like that's, that is difficult for me. Like that, yeah. that, that sits sure. difficult with, with me and my desire to want to know everything and, and my desire to be in control. But I also think God's got broad shoulders and I can take that to him and say, God, that doesn't sit well with me. Help me, help me in the midst of wanting to question your sovereignty and your authority in this given situation and help me to see how you might be working this for my good. And even when I don't see it, help me to walk by faith uh, uh, when I don't, because that's how 
that's how all of this is going to be done, right? In Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? By faith, are we going to be able um, to live lives that are molded uh, by scripture and trusting in what God is doing at any given time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that's really comforting as a believer is just to know that for those who are in Christ, everything that happens to us is for God's glory and for our good. So no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the difficulty is, no matter what the situation is, it's always for God's glory. And that thing is always happening for our good. And Job, like you said earlier, and Joseph, his story, and even when you look at the greatest act of evil ever, when Jesus died on the cross, um, the, the greatest situation where it would look like the father was unable to act or unable to intervene or whatever, even the situation like that, God was always bringing about his glory and the good of humanity ultimately there with Jesus on the cross and the good of Joseph and his situation and ultimately the good and the blessing of Job as God restored everything he had twofold um, after everything was over. You know, God, God's always bringing about good for his people. He always provides for his own. And so that's, the, that's one of the things that really sustains me and comforts me in this time as I look at God's sovereignty is to know that no matter what is happening around me, no matter if I live or if I die, if I'm here or if I'm not, God is always doing what is best to magnify his glory, to magnify his grace, and to bring about my good. Yeah, definitely a great reminder. So um, we've been talking a lot about, we'll say, uh, the head topic and, you know, very much like the knowledge and whatnot. And now we just kind of want to move to a little bit more practical with like, all right, how does that kind of come down to our heart and then our hands? And like, what are some practical things we can be doing during everything happening with COVID right now? Because it's one thing to talk about just like, you know, how do we view it? But now like, what do we actually do? Uh, and I want to hit on this in two different ways, both uh, internally and personally, what are we doing? And then externally, how can we be serving and reaching out to those around us? You know, as those are uh, two of the main calls that God gives us as believers. So, um, Theo, would you like to talk to us first to maybe really hit on this idea of what does it mean to internally uh, follow yeah. our faith in this time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the great things about um, our church is that we follow this thing called the personal discipleship plan. Um, and this, uh, this PDP, this personal disciple making plan, uh, oftentimes we call it that as well, is one of our guides that we use spiritually to be able to make sure that we're fulfilling the Great Commission, and we're um, being faithful to what Jesus has called us to um, and going and making disciples. I love it. And there's just six really simple questions uh, that the uh, personal disciple-making plan asks us. The first one is, how will I fill my mind with truth? The second one is, how will I fuel my affections for God? The third question is, how will I share God's love as a witness in the world? The fourth question is, how will I show God's love as a member of a church? The fifth question is, how will I spread God's glory among all peoples? And then that sixth and final question is, how will I make disciple makers among a few people? And those questions are our framework uh, spiritually to be able to make sure that we are being faithful to what God has called us to. And so as we think about living out our faith in these times, in these you know, COVID-19 times, nothing changes when it comes to our foundation. Nothing changes when it comes to um, the, the spiritual practices and principles that we rely upon. 
And I really believe that looking at these six questions is a great lens through which we could use to make sure that we're being faithful to God during these times and we're being as proactive as we can be in our faith. Um, so these are some, some great reminders of what it looks like and what it means to be spiritually connected. You know, the, the PDP encourages us to study scripture. It encourages us to be faithful in prayer. It reminds us that fasting is a great tool that the Lord uses in our lives to, to not only promote self-discipline, but also uh, to move him to act in certain ways that he wouldn't otherwise do. Um, we also are reminded in the PDP to meditate on scripture, to, to ingest scripture, to, to soak it in, as well as to memorize it, uh, to be able to reproduce it and be able to, to give it to others and use it in a time of, of uh, a spiritual battle where we need to have God's word um, at our, our right hand. It's there because we've memorized it, we've internalized it, and we're able to, to proclaim it. And then one of the last things that the PDP does is it allows us to grow in our love of God's word and grow in our love of just who God is because there's this really amazing thing that happens as a believer. Um, when you are faithful to pursue God in the way that he has asked us and commanded us to pursue him, there's a great blessing in that. And there's great encouragement that mm -hmm. comes from that. Absolutely. So just having this opportunity to kind of use the PDP as a lens through which we could filter our spiritual disciplines, I think is really helpful during this time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would just add in all that, and if anybody uh, listening to this wants access to this, we'll make sure in the, in the show notes and uh, yes, uh, wh wherever it's posted, we'll make sure we include uh, the link to uh, this, this plan we use. And, and by the way, this is not something we came up with here on our own. We stole it from his high holiness himself, uh, David Platt, but um, <laughs> I appreciate you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thankful for people that are smarter than me that teach me things uh, and help and help us do ministry well. Uh, but one of the things that just remember is, you know, a lot of the times, like we 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 either, we do like we tend to do we tend to vacillate as uh, believers where we think, oh, it's not good to have like this like structured plan and to avoid this types of thing at all costs. Cause you know, I'm supposed to have a personal relationship with Jesus and this is, this isn't, this is religion. It's not a, a relationship. And I would say like, it's very, uh, very, very possible to be structured and have a plan and yet have a very, very profound personal relationship with somebody. Uh, ask anybody that's married, how intentional <laughs> their marriage has to be uh, and what kind of, and how you may even need to set goals in that relationship <laughs> or to, to do it. And yet how personal that relationship is. And in many sure. ways, how that relationship will either thrive or struggle if you're not intentional about it. But the other thing to remember is on the other side is some of us that maybe tend to be a little bit more type A in our personalities or a little bit more focused on goal setting and doing those types of things is we can become robotic if we overuse something like this. We need to view Absolutely. it as, as anything else that God gives us. It's a tool. It's a tool in the toolbox to use, but it's not, it's not our salvation. It's not the thing that, that fixes everything. But in a time such as what we're in right now, we have way fewer things than ever vying for our attention. 
So you know, when, I, when I'm working full time and in the office and have a million different things going on and trying to get my kids to all their various extracurricular activities and trying to lead a growing church and help church planners all over the world uh, create discipleship strategies and plant more churches. And Theo, as you're trying to get everything sorted out with our church and trying to, to lead people and we're trying to disciple people and raise up new leaders as we're trying to do all those things, a lot of those things have not stopped, but they've been definitely reeled back in in a lot of ways. And we have a lot fewer, I haven't watched sports in like a month. (laughs) I watched the 2005 NBA finals last night. Yeah, I I watched Kobe Bryant win the finals last night. I already knew he won. I just, I was so desperate for sports that I watched the rerun of the NBA finals. And, (laughs) And so I have way more time. (laughs) <laughs> that I used to because I'm not, I'm not watching sports and consuming uh, things at the same rate that I was. This is a sure. great time to step back and say, Hey, where internally, right. My, may, may I be able to organize and refocus some of uh, my attention towards God and, and what he wants of me that might increase uh, my love for him and lead me to a greater right. worship of Jesus. And I definitely think there is a little bit of a challenge there to uh, be intentional with your time because obviously right now with Netflix and all the other different uh, outlets, it is very easy to get distracted. You know, I don't not know about to say you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of getting tired of Netflix. Like, <laughs> getting tired of everything that's in the home. Yeah, I'm just kind of over it, man. You know, crack open <laughs> like, <some> books. So <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I, I I think just like that routine of it at this point is yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of over it other than the office, which I don't think I could ever be tired of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just cycling through just all of these like um, different streaming services and whatnot is it just gets tired after a while. Yeah. I mean, for me at some point it's like, I, I do not want to watch another TV show or movie. I want, I want my brain to be doing something. Absolutely. You know, even this afternoon before, before we started recording this podcast, like I was just so drained uh, mentally of like the monotony is I was like, all right, Gideon, come on. We're going, we're going outside. We're going for, we're going to go do some exercise. I need something yes. to just clear this fog and monotony in my head. Yes. And I, I think kind of being in tune with that is going to be super, yeah. super important for us, both from a spiritual standpoint, but also an emotional and physical standpoint sure. as well. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you mentioned before was you talked about uh, reading the Bible, reading scripture. And one of the things that we do within our body is we actually use the community Bible reading. Um, And it's both an app and a website. They have a great website as well, where you could, uh, with the entire church, um, you could go through particular passages of both the Old and New Testaments. And I know that that's been something that's been really encouraging to me. Uh, Fetterman over here, he's very faithful and consistent. Uh, to to respond into our group meet and to let everyone know just the insights that he's taking away from those particular passages that he's reading. And so that's another great way to be in scripture, another great way to have a discipline, uh, to be able to give you direction when it comes to what you read. And uh, it's just a, another tool uh, to be able to stay connected to the Lord in his word. Yeah, and with that one in particular too, not just not just internally, but you know the opportunity to connect with some others. And yeah, to, to hear what they're saying, especially if your group's super interactive, you know, and some are and yeah. some aren't and they, they go through seasons, but it's just a, another, you know, for me, like if I miss a day, you know, like you said earlier, 
Fetterman's super, super faithful in there. If I miss a day, right. I'm still, I'm still getting something, you know, I'm still getting yes. something from the word of God in, in what God was teaching him and being encouraged in that. Uh, even if I didn't have an opportunity that particular day to get into the word myself. Yeah. Which is such a great transition to go from internally to externally and really start talking about uh, all these cool ways that we see that, you know, we can be intentional to uh, be internally growing and challenging ourselves to pursue the Lord more with all the extra time we have. But then what does it look like in the lack of interaction to externally still be faithful towards the Great Commission and reaching out and loving our neighbor, but, you know, correctly, I guess. Yeah, uh, Kevin, you know, I, I think that one of the things that we have to think about is how does our ability to evangelize intersect with social distancing? Like, like what does yeah. that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I think it's hard, right? Because eventually, you know, inevitably, we're creatures of habit, and that extends to ministry methods and the way we do things. And so when we're used to doing ministry and outreach and evangelism and whatever it may be in a particular way, and that, that way is ripped away from us. And, 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 and in reality with what we're even saying is true in God's providence has been taken away from us. It does not take away the commands of God to continue to, to do those things. And, and so I think one, to answer your question, one, one of the main ways that the church can uh, be uh, salt and light in this season to, to witness and love well is, is right now we can listen to what our authorities have asked us to do, to follow uh, CDC guidelines, to uh, social distance uh, if you're out in public, you know, I mean, I felt ridiculous today, but I went out in public today and I had a mask on. I felt absolutely ridiculous wearing that mask. But if it, but if it's something that our authorities have said, Hey, this, this helps others not catch this thing and, and stops the spread of this thing, then, you know, I need to surrender and lay down my preferences to not have a mask over my face to serve and love others. Well, um, I think for us in particular, and this has maybe been an area that's a, a little bit more of a, uh, a a sticking point for me as our church has been dealing with this and processing through what does it look like for us to do ministry and whatever else. Uh, being a predominantly younger congregation, because we're in a college town, we have a large number of college students that attend our church. They've been asking questions and processing through this. And one of the big things we've been telling them, uh, as you guys know, is you guys need to socially distance. I know that the statistics show that this doesn't tend to affect younger people in the same way that it affects older people. Uh, but, you know, really, you know, I view this whole thing as a sixth commandment issue. You know, the reality is, is thou shall not murder Jesus goes into some pretty heavy stuff in the Sermon on the Mount of how the, the commandments actually carry further implications with them than just, hey, don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, you know. And, and so I think the reality is, is, yeah, you may be asymptomatic or you may be someone that's not going to have serious symptoms from this or your body may be able to recover more easily than someone else. But to flippantly not 
take this seriously and put yourself into harm's way and potentially put others in harm's way. And in my mind is a, a violation of the sixth commandment because God has given us the ability to know these types of things through his common grace. And so one, I'll just say that it start it starts with, Hey, without ever saying a word, we can display our love to others and those around us and show that we care about them simply by taking some of these precautions and things seriously. And it doesn't mean we live in fear, Right. But, you know, I, I don't have any fear. No, you know, no. I may have already had this thing. I may not have had this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not in a primary group that should be super worried according to the CDC guidelines. But I put a mask on today and it wasn't that big of a deal for me uh, because that, that's a way for me to love others, uh, even if I have to go out into public for uh, a particular reason. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, and definitely with that, I think um, as someone who tends to be very social and, you know, definitely very longing for a lot of things that we don't have, like, I think it's a good reminder to really challenge people, like, don't think about what you don't have, but focus on what you do have. And like the opportunities that we do still have um, with the limited people that may still be around, like, you know, I live in a house with a a few people and, uh, but like the fact that we do have the technology to still stay in touch, like, Oh, yes, I cannot give people a hug through Zoom, but, you know, I can still talk to them and I can still be intentional with them. And like, I can still have deep conversations. Like the, the only uh, challenge is like, am I willing to focus on the negative or the positive? Uh, you know, and there, there really are good opportunities and a challenge towards being thankful for the things that God has given us in this time and how we can still be responsible and intentional to focus on uh, the things that God really has given us. So, Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's such a, a, a kind of a difficult thing to have to endure right now in this season that we're going through. Uh, but it's so important. It's so important to, like you say, to be good witnesses to the world, uh, to show uh, what it means to obey authorities. You know, Romans 13 talks about um, how every authority that we have from a governmental structure standpoint has been appointed by God. Yeah. Um, it's been instituted by the Lord and that those laws and rules that they give us are ultimately from him. And so to resist the authority is to resist God. And so in these times where we have really clear governmental guidance around what, it, what we should do and what we shouldn't do to be able to contain this virus, we really have to obey that and follow those rules and regulations. That's so important. Absolutely. Totally so, agree. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this doesn't mean that uh, – that they only, you know, that we run to that quote that I hate so much that you guys have probably heard me bang on so many times where, you know, share the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words, you know, you guys know my hatred. (laughs) (laughs) It's a famous one though. People love that thing, man. But this doesn't mean that I'm advocating for a style of evangelism and gospel service that is only done through actions and not through words. There are still plenty of ways for us to share the love of Christ. Some of us are um, either in homes with family members quarantined with them who don't know the Lord. Some of us are quarantined with roommates that don't know the Lord. Some of us are essential employees uh, in workplaces with people that do not know the Lord. And if we are in the midst of a season that has really brought to the surface so many different uh, 
feelings and thoughts and uh, emotions uh, that people are experiencing. You know, some are scared, some are angry, some are, you know, petrified. Uh, there's just, I've seen the full array of responses to this. What better way than to listen to somebody, to love somebody well, and then share why you have hope in the midst of all this, right? that. That, you, that you can trust in the Lord with all your heart and you're not leaning on your own understanding in the midst of all this and, and be right. able to practically kind of to, to think through and walk through that. Because the reality is, is if, if the world's kind of crumbling around us and followers of Jesus are stepping up and stepping on the front lines, like I know people that have been a part of our church or been a part of our ministries or been a part of other ministries that I've been a part of who have quit their jobs as nurses yes. and frontline physicians in the cities that they're in to go work on the front lines in New York city Yes, with the intention of being able to share their faith in the midst of that. That's going to speak to people. And I'm not saying that's what you're called to do. I'm just saying there, there are opportunities, you know, for me, I've, I have talked to my neighbors more than I ever have because they finally just want interactions with other people mm -hmm. and just checking in on them. And it can be as simple as saying, how can I pray for you? Some of them right. look at me like I've lost my mind when I ask that question, <laughs> but like very rarely will someone say, please don't pray for me. I hate that. <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't have to be difficult. And then if they know you're praying for them, if you're faithful to actually follow through on that, Here's what I've learned over the years. If I'm faithful to pray for somebody when they've when I've told them I'm going to, God uses that to remind me of what they're what they're going through. And when I bring that back up with right. them later on down the line, guess what they say? Hey man, this person, this person actually like genuinely cares about me. And I can say, yeah, man, I've been praying about that for you. Like, how how is that going? That speaks to people. But then it it gives you the opportunity to move the attention off of yourself, right, and move it towards God, which is what you even see. Uh, the disciples do so uh, frequently throughout the book of Acts as they, as they use various opportunities and ministry platforms, including miracles even, to move the, the focus off of themselves and onto Jesus, who ultimately is the focus of, of our worship and our attention, the reason why we, we do what we do in the first place. So sure. there's, there's, there's plenty of opportunities out there. It's just, it's, it's just not going to look the same. It doesn't look the same as when life is not filled with the fear of catching this invisible virus. Absolutely. Um, I will say on one side, though, when it does come to being evangelistic, um, that, uh, you know, one of the most important things we can do is who are the people that have already been in our lives? Yeah. Uh, like at Aletheia, we've been doing the reaching out towards our ones, you know, and who is that one person? And how are you still in touch with them? And how can we still be intentionally reaching out to those people that we've already built relationships with that we could potentially be doing? calls with you know and even though we may not be there physically like we've built relationships with them you know like you were saying with family or uh, with friends from work or school or uh, however it may be that we connected like there are people around us that we were connected to and I'm sure like aren't going to be freaked out if we message them or say like hey let's talk sometimes because yeah. in that moment kind of like you were talking with your neighbors it's like people are itching for interaction to some degree with how cooped up we've been. So I think there's a beautiful opportunity to reach out to people that we may think eh, maybe, maybe not, but like, it's never going to hurt just to reach out and, you know, check in with someone. And I think that's a very valuable opportunity to uh, maximize your time with uh, those you've been engaged with already and just loving them well. Absolutely. So well stated. It's really good. 
So um, are there any other comments or questions or thoughts before we maybe talk about some resources to help people uh, maybe process through this in a little bit more depth and think through it and get some more ideas on that? Yeah, I would just say that we've talked a lot about how uh, to maybe both internally and externally uh, think through what we can be doing uh, right now from home while socially distancing. I think just one last caveat to put in there is uh, just the importance of viewing this season uh, not as the only thing we're going to have to walk through um, as the church that sure. there may be, and we don't know this yet, there may be, uh, once we maybe see dips and in infections and um, hopefully see, um, you know, those numbers start dropping significantly, uh, not just locally, which we've been pretty fortunate to see here locally, um, but nationwide, uh, maybe as things start opening back up and going back to normal, what is it look like to be the church because things are not going to go back to exactly the way they were right away i think I, i've heard a lot of people say like they're never going to go back to the way they were i don't know about all I that think that's I, true i don't think that's true like yeah. human beings love sporting events they're going to want to go to sporting <laughs> events you know i mean i got <laughs> i'm fully prepared to see how difficult uh it's going to be for the south to deal with the idol of sec football potentially being taken away from them here in a few months i I, yeah. I ask someone that just loves football but is not that committed to SEC football sure, waiting sure. to see, like, that's yeah. going to be an interesting one to see how Just a couple of minutes ago, I spoke this. with somebody who woke up at 3 o'clock this morning and they were thinking about what they were losing in the college football season, potentially. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, and that's a real – that's a very – real reality for us in the south like that that is that is one of the predominant i would say even go so far as to say idols <laughs> in our context yes. is is college football and so what i mean to say though is like how we prepare for the next wave of what's to happen between people losing their jobs uh between people having lost loved ones potentially uh between the possibility of this thing going away for a little while and seeing the numbers dip and then maybe seeing hey, we might have to go back to social distancing again in six months because the numbers are creeping back up again or, or whatever that may be until uh, God either does away with this thing or uh, chooses to use a treatment method or chooses to use herd immunity or chooses to use a, a vaccine showing up on the scene to see us move past this season because we will, I believe, get past this season. I don't see global extinction on the horizon from this thing. Right. It doesn't seem right. to be. It's been a lot more heading. daily viruses. Right. Cost that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe just using the season with your friends and community inside the church to talk about how you guys are preparing uh, both mentally and emotionally and spiritually for what comes after the season because eventually the lockdowns will be kind of lifted right. we will yeah. be allowed we may not be able to gather in in groups of 100 or 200 or 300 people or sure. you know whatever it may be but we'll probably at least be able to gather in our our community groups again or you know we may right. get creative and meet outside i don't you know i don't know <laughs> you know whatever whatever it may mean but we're, it's going to take some uh, innovation and some preparing. But the biggest thing is like making sure that we've got some ideas in place that we can then engage 
and, and execute yes. to, to love, to love people well. Um, you know, even for us at, at our church, I know the elders of our church uh, put a moratorium on all spending other than uh, the most That's basic right. of basic things. And the reason behind that was not necessarily out of fear or anything else because, because our elders have, been really faithful in how they have uh, managed the finances and steward what God has given us. But uh, we, they believe it is the responsibility of the church to, to come alongside people that may need it. And so we're, we're have already began preparing uh, how we may be able to help those in need with furloughs or uh, job losses or, or things that are just going to be popping up in the, in the coming months and trying to steward that well. And so there's just things you can think of my wife and I as well. You know, we, we, we were fortunate enough to get out of debt uh, about eight months ago, other than our house. And we have quite a bit uh, more available and, and we're just setting that aside and just ready to meet needs as they, as they come Absolutely. along. Um, because we believe that's what God wants us to do. And obviously not all of you are going to be able to do that financially, but you may be able to serve in some way. You know, if you've got a neighbor who loses their husband uh, or loses their job and can't take care of their yard, you could mow their grass. And what a great way to love on somebody and serve them. You know, right. just something that simple uh, can really make a big impact for people. And so just thinking through, not just what does it look like for us to get through and survive this current season we're in, but what does it look like sure. for us to, to walk into the next season uh, and change a ministry? Cause it's going to come and to thrive in the midst of that season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. You know, as we just think through these things, we think through uh, questions around what does it look like to move forward? Uh, what does it look like to to move beyond this? What does it look like to be faithful to God once, like you say, like the restrictions are lifted? You know, it, it causes me to think about a couple things. Uh, there was this great uh, Ed Stetzer article uh, called The Storm Isn't Here, It's Coming. And he he mentioned four things in that article, uh, four primary uh, subpoints they had in his, his works. He talked about pausing and innovating. He talked about preparing and planning. He talked about engaging and executing. He talked about recovering and reemerging. And, uh, you know, Kevin, as, as you've read that article and kind of thought through some of those ideas, uh, what have been your, your takeaways from that? Yeah, I would say we're somewhere in step two, maybe heading into step three, but I also think it's probably going to be cyclical. Um, and so, and, and he was writing that more so from the perspective of like talking to church leaders and how to, to lead their people. And, but it, you know, there's sure. things that, that, uh, it crosses lines and can be implemented, I, I think, for people that own businesses or people that lead, lead nonprofits and things like that. But um, specifically, you know, we, we've gone through that. Um, for us as a church, we've paused and we've innovated already. We've gone online. We've moved all of our groups onto Zoom. Uh, we, we're catching up with people via Zoom calls or phone calls or text messaging. It's replaced face-to-face -face interactions. Um, we've prepared and planned what things are going to look like for months now. So we're really, we're just in the process of actually executing and engaging in these things that we've done. Um, but you know, sure. we're, we're still trying to figure out what that fourth stage I think is probably going to look like for us as a church. I think we've thought through it some and we've, we've planned for it some, uh, but right. there's probably, I, I think in reality, especially in that fourth stage uh, in that recovery and reemerging stage, there's going to be some, some feathers that are rustled. Cause I, I think there's going to, there's, there's going to be things that we have to do 
that may not go back to the way we used to do things. And I think especially like our, our idols of preference are really going to be drawn out in, yeah. in those situations. And, and we, we all have them. There are ways that we like ministry to be done, things that we like about our particular local church body. And you should be a part of a local church body, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully you believe in that. <laughs> um, but there's going to be things about your church that you love before that they just may not even, they may not be physically able to do it that way. Yeah anymore and there's just gonna need to be a lot of grace and uh a lot of uh, uh patience extended i think for us with one another but i think god's really preparing us a lot of ways too man like i am so looking forward to the day when we can gather together again man like no i mean I, like as a pastor i love the church yes and i thought i've always loved the church but man what if i what if god has taught me anything in the midst of all this is i love his church and i cannot wait for us to gather together again. I can't wait to give hugs like we do at our church. And I can't wait to just be able to, to put my arm around somebody and pray for them. You know, they're just like little things that I've taken for granted um, right. sure. that, that God and his providence has ripped from us for a season. And um, I'm just really, I'm really looking forward to being able to do those things again. And so I think, what we'll do is we'll make sure we link that article. Yep. Uh, the name of the article is the storm isn't here. It's coming uh, by Ed Stetzer. We'll make sure we link that in the, the show notes. And then we'll also link a YouTube video uh, to something that uh, John Piper did uh, just introducing a, a little book that he wrote. And then for me, and I'm not a super fast reader, you can download the book on Kindle and read it in under two hours. In my opinion, if you wow. sit there, Super, super good. Uh, he he breaks down a number of, of different things uh, throughout that book, but the the big things he covers is who is God and does God still uh, reign even in the midst of this virus? So it'll answer kind of a lot of those head questions that we tried to at least address a little bit in the beginning, uh, and then and then in the second half of the book he he talks about what is God doing during the coronavirus and he goes in a lot more depth about that and he's John Piper. So he says it more eloquently than, than any of us <laughs> would <laughs> hear yeah. as well. And so if someone, the, the, the name of that book, Kevin is coronavirus uh, Christ, Christ, Christ. Yeah. Coronavirus and Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and great, great resource, super quick read. Uh, and you know, I've been, I, I plowed through it yesterday and, and into this morning and highly, highly recommend it. And like I said, it takes less than, less than two hours to, to read through and it's free. It's a free resource as well. So, and you know, I always love free. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for uh, talking about this. I know it's uh, nice to get away from the monotony of what things are right now, but at the same time, just taking the time to really be intentional, I think is uh, such a blessing. So um, any closing comments? Yeah, just one of the, the last things that I would just say is, you know, you, you never truly learn how much you love something until you lose it. Mm. And I know that we feel the loss of so many things right now, but I, I pray that that allows us to have a sense of gratefulness uh, for when we can get those things back again and gives us a sense of gratitude to, to God for all the things that he's given us. Uh, I'll never forget going through hurricanes back in 2004 we lost power for about two weeks. And when that air conditioning turned on again in the middle of the summer, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the middle of the hot Florida summer, 
I was so grateful for that, um, that, that, that technology that gives us the ability to have cool air at home. And I've never forgotten that. I've never again taken air conditioning for, for granted. And I just pray that God brings us to a similar place as a country, as a nation, as a people, um, as believers, to where once we get back the things that we've lost, we never take those things for granted. And we always give him thanks. Absolutely. So if you guys have any further questions for us, uh, you can always uh, shoot us an email. Josh, what is that email address? It is podcast at alatheagainesville.com. So if you ever have any questions or you uh, need something clarified, feel free to shoot an email to that email address. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe on YouTube uh, to our church channel and find us there and subscribe to this podcast as well if you haven't already. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us and go and be the church. Thank you.